Welcome to Gamer's Ledge Podcast, the weekly podcast about video games with news, reviews, analysis, and opinion. Keeping you up to date on how to wisely spend your money for video games, movies, RPGs, comics, books, and more for over 16 years. Find us online at gamersledge.com. And now, your hosts. Hello and welcome to Gamer's Ledge Podcast, your source for video games, pop culture, and everything else crazy. Uh, we are recording at a ridiculous time over the weekend this week. Uh, it is like 3 o'clock in the morning my time and 12 midnight trial access's time because he lives in the past and can't get with the program. Right, <laughs> trial access? Very true. <laughs> Uh, before we start, of course, Gamers Ledge Podcast is a free podcast bringing you timely news about something we and we think you are passionate about. If you'd like to support us so we can keep making podcasts, please visit the website at gamersledge.com where you can read stories, uh, leave comments, talk about what you'd like and what you'd like to see change, and ask questions for future episodes or video reviews you'd like to see posted. Let's start this week with our introductions, as always, uh, and what you're playing. Trial Access, let's start with you. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Thanks for throwing me that, that real quick one. Um, I am uh, Trial Access. Uh, you can find me as Trial Access on the PSN network. Um, I am currently playing um, Skylanders. Uh, I'm in the process of in the middle of a move, so I haven't gotten a chance to play very much at all. Um, but I realized the other day that we, uh, my kids and I hadn't even beat the first Skylanders game. So I... Um, got all the way to the end with one Skylander at level 10 and realized I couldn't beat the game with one Skylander at level 10 and the rest at level 2 and 3. <laughs> I went through about 30 Skylanders before I realized that. <laughs> so so what you're saying is you decided to beat the game and you stole your children's childhood. No joke. Um, I actually waited till they weren't even in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be bothered by, Daddy, can I play it? No, Daddy's playing. <laughs> you truly are the portal master. Ah, <laughs> uh, fatherhood. Uh, and it's sad that I can actually tell you jokes and in-game references from the game. Yay. <laughs> uh, so how many characters do you have now? How many figures do you have now? Um, well, I have about, I think, 18 um, that are... From the first game, from the from Skylanders and Skylanders Giants, but we've lost uh, ten in the move. Um, we have duplicates of quite a few of them, and those ones are lost as well. So I was actually scratching, scrapping together a, a group of ragtag heroes um, to level up, and I played the one of the last levels about thirty times, trying to level these guys up so that I could beat the game. <laughs> but you did beat it. I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten the chance to even try yet. I've just been leveling them up for like. 12 hours. Nice. Uh, and so as, as you also mentioned, you're not actually dead as we reported last, uh, episode. You, you just were moving. Yes. Just moving. Okay, good. Beyond uh, the grave. <laughs> and next up this week, we've got Burgundy. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it is morning. It is late morning or early morning. One of the two. Early <laughs> Uh, so far this week I finished up a run through of God of War Ascension I'm really happy with that game it was 
actually really good. Unlike a lot of the earlier God of War games, the second half of the game was way better than the beginning. Um, held up right to the end. I was pretty happy with it. Great. Um, still playing a little bit of Plants vs. Zombies on the Vita, and I'm really embarrassed about that, so we're not going to talk about that. And uh, found a copy of, finally, of Elevator Action, old and new, for the Game Boy Advance on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> which has been something I've been after for a long time. Um, for whatever reason, I have this strange addiction to elevator action, and I don't know why. Well, that's an interesting addition for your week. <laughs> when will you receive that? And we never hear from you again. <laughs> no, I got it. Uh, got it this week. So. Oh, awesome. Pretty happy would have been playing it on my micro. <laughs> Neil? Uh, well, you can tell how long ago it was I wrote this. I said playing episode three of Walking Dead, and as of about 25 minutes ago, I just finished episode five of Walking Dead. So uh, the uh, the Telltale version, not the uh, not the shooter version. So, yep, <clears throat> I've got that. So another platinum. Yay. Um, also uh, working on Sly Cooper 2. Uh, don't, don't know why. I'm having a harder time getting into Sly Cooper 2 than I did 1. Um, you can obviously see the connections between this and how it evolved into Infamous, but uh, I don't know. There's just something that's not not clicking and making me go real hard on it. But um, and and unfortunately, I've actually been watching something that's been chewing up my game time. So I've been uh, watching Earth Two, which was a, a uh, pleasant memory from my uh, younger days, and I wanted to see if it held up and. It really actually has. I've, I've been pretty impressed with the show so far and wondering why in the world nobody's tried to remake that when they tried to remake everything else. So, but I, I loved that show. All one season of it. All one yeah. season. It did make it an entire season. I thought it got cut short, but no, there's 22 episodes, so it made it a whole season. It, it was good. I liked it too. I, you know, it's like everything else. If I like it, it gets canceled. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Doctor Who, I'm looking at you. 50 years. But you won't make 51. <laughs> that's okay. You'll just go dormant for another 30 and be resurrected again. Yeah, that's probably true. Exterminate! Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, so what did you think of walking... Wait, wait, wait. Most important question before we get started. Trial access. I, I have it. I haven't played it yet. Okay, at least you bought it. Thank <laughs> Goodness. Was it still on sale when you managed to accomplish this feat? No. <laughs> <laughs> you sucker, you paid full retail price. <laughs> well, at least you have it, though. At least you have it. Right. You know, I will say that the same amount of time you spent leveling today for Skylanders, you could have actually beat The Walking Dead. And Three times. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. It's just... I. I have so many games in my cabinet that I haven't beaten. I, I need to start going through that. Uh, so, Neo Sapien, without any spoilers, uh, you and I were talking about this a little bit before the show. What did you think of Telltale Games, The Walking Dead? Well, I've, I've been a fan of the, the Telltale products since I, I think my first PSN freebie was Jurassic Park. Um, and I didn't like that one as well, but it was good enough. And then I, I actually really loved the, uh, back to the future one. 
Uh, so I, I was pretty confident going into this, but I mean, it's it's dead on. I mean, it's dead on for the universe. It's great, great story. fits fits exactly with if you know anything about Walking Dead, it fits with it. Uh, the art style, like see, I call it art style. I didn't even call them graphics because it looks like mm-hmm. the art from from the books, um, except in color. Except in color, yeah. So. It was it was amazing. It was a really good, uh, really good uh, experience. I, I had a couple minor gripes uh, with some control issues, um, and part of it is yes, because I am what the rest of the world refers to as an inverted gamer. So the rest of you are all backwards, and I'm right. But anyway, I'm pretty um, sure you'll die first, though. Yeah, I don't know. In the game, if they won't let me invert, or if it's like a game I played the other day where if you invert the Y, you also have to invert the X, which I've never encountered that before, but it really screwed me up. Um, so, yeah, there were there were a couple of times, especially after episode, I don't know if I, that's not really a spoiler, but after one of the episodes, there's a lot more first-person-ish stuff, and that really messed me up uh, on a couple of the, the, the really short time contextual events that you got to get something somewhere quick and do something fast and I push up and it goes up and I'm like crap that's not the way I wanted to go Burgundy have you played it? Uh, no it's on the queue to play it um, also I like the um, the Telltale games that they've been doing I actually played um, a bunch of the Sam and Max ones they did mm-hmm. um, I did I did as well oh yeah, that's so, right I forgot they did those yeah, they um, and I think they all came out on PSN Plus for free. So I was running through them. There's like I think all like five episodes of it came out. Mm-hmm. I uh, want to say that was like the very first week of PSN Plus. I know it was early. It was definitely early on. Um, like the style of the game, I downloaded the first couple ones I gave on PSN Plus. So I'm probably going to check them out this week actually because I'm like really in you know Walking Dead mode right now. Um, I'm about to like tear in that I got the Omnibus comic and you know they're coming up on the ending you know the season so seems like a good time to jump into it yeah only two more and i i just my fiance has been watching and she is so into it now that if they follow the path of the comics in any way shape or form i just know she's gonna say i'm never gonna watch this show again (laughs) she does that when she gets frustrated with how things turn out uh but i'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, I am, of course, one of your hosts, both. Uh, I just finished Walking Dead Survival Instinct, uh, the first-person shooter game in set in the television, AMC television series universe. It is the prequel to the TV show, tracking the uh, origin story, if you will, of Daryl and Merle. Um... <clears throat> I will say that the things I've seen floating around the internet, it is by far not the worst game I've ever played. In fact, I would say that it is a decent game. I wouldn't go so far to say good, but it is, it's kind of in the middle. It's a mediocre game with elements that I really wish they would have expanded upon. Um, I, to me, it just is a bit rushed. But I will say that um, it does flesh out a couple things. It is interesting. Merle is a uh, not a nice person, just as you would expect him to be in the real world, uh, as opposed to the uh, zombie apocalypse. 
and Daryl is pretty much the same character that you see on the TV show. Um, so we're, I, I uh, capped it all for a video review, so we'll be putting that up at the same time as the Telltale Games Walking Dead video review. So we'll have both bookends to that uh, series. Um, I've also been playing uh, the Destiny beta, which I will be putting a video review up for that as well. Uh, trial Access, uh, you should be interested in this. I believe you can get into it. Do you have PS Plus or not? No. I and I don't remember. have the internet either. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I can't remember if this is PlayStation Plus only for beta access. It is. Um, is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, sad to say, it's really, really good. Um, if you don't know anything about Destiny, it's actually an MMO that uh, is running parallel to a sci-fi TV show. And... Uh, you see characters from the TV show in the MMO. Uh, it's a free-to-play MMO, uh, I believe. That's at least the way it looked to, to me. Um, and uh, I have to say it's actually really interesting. It's very colorful. Um, it works with the PlayStation controller. It has all the things you'd expect in an MMO. Um, and it... You know, they were. It, you could still tell. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that said placeholder image, placeholder sound effect, etc. But I'd say it's fun, and uh, it's still very early in their beta, I believe. But it, it is a lot of fun, and I really like it. And they've promised that there will be story events that happen in the TV show that affect the MMO, but then there will also be story events in the MMO that will affect the TV show. So it, that, is is this defiance? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Defiance, yes. I said Destiny, didn't I? Yes. My bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's Defiance. Sorry, uh, the Battle of Defiance is what it's actually about. So yeah. Um, it's, it's that's I've been I've been actually really looking forward to it. Um, the, I've seen some of the the television show things, and it's got it looks like it's got a really, other than the fact there are aliens there, it looks like it's got a very Firefly feel. Well, you see, I originally looked at it, and uh, I don't know. Did anybody in in here watch Battlefield Earth? No, not Battlefield Earth. Um, the Gene Roddenberry series, uh, Earth Final Conflict. Oh, Final yeah. Conflict. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, that's what it really has been striking me as. Um, but now that I've played the MMO side, it's kind of like that, but there's a lot more, and... The interesting thing is you're basically dropped onto Earth um, searching for these arcs of ancient technology. Uh, and it looks like all the... I don't know how far I should go with this because we are a spoiler-free com- podcast. I don't think I'm ruining anything because it's the first introductory level, the tutorial, basically. You find out that all the mutants that you're fighting are actually the old earth forces that never really got the message to pull out and have mutated over time and so you basically have to put all these uh special forces mutants out of their misery Hmm. Uh, so it's kind of interesting um but you get a, a vehicle like within the first two missions of the game uh it's it's fairly interesting it's well done it's a third person action adventure um course i'm a camper sniper and had no problem with it you know it was actually a lot of fun uh been playing borderlands 2 need for speed most wanted on the vita which is horrible because i'd sucking all my free time 
and it's great. It's probably the best looking game on the Vita that I've seen yet. Uh, and SmackDown vs. Raw 2011 on the Vita. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm really glad they haven't made a new one of those that can run on the Vita, because that would be bad. Um, any uh, Anything else anybody wants to talk about that uh, they've been playing this week or anything before we jump into the news? Um, I want to mention how Nintendo has a really stupid release schedule. I wanted to get that uh, Luigi's Mansion, that new one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw on the internet, like, all the reviews are coming out for it. So I was just like, oh, how do I miss it? Like, you know, so I ran into the store to get it. And I'm like, oh, no, it comes out on Sunday. Um, Why? <laughs> <laughs> give, it, give it to me for the weekend. You know, give it to me on Tuesday if you're not going to give it to me for the weekend. And just do the normal release cycle. No. Yeah, I, I always find it's odd when when different companies decide to buck the Tuesday trend. I don't understand why. But Sunday makes no sense. Because <laughs> you're, you're, that's prime weekend, you know, real estate that they're just not getting with that. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter for, like, any kind of big release because they're going to get people in there anyway. But, God, that's just annoying to me. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, let's jump into the news. Well, first up this week, the last Rock Band DLC has been leaked and then confirmed at PAX East. Uh, American Pie very rightfully ends the new DLC support for the Rock Band franchise, signaling the day the music died, having sold 130 million songs over its career on the service after 281 straight weeks of updates. As the cutoff approaches on April 2nd, 4,254 songs will have been released by 1,657 bands, uh, and they will still be available for purchase. And Harmonix also revealed that it had wanted to pursue versions of the game featuring Pearl Jam, based on its live performances, Led Zeppelin, and Pink Floyd, but was never able to negotiate the rights. I would have really liked to have seen a Pearl Jam rock band, but that's just me. trial um well the first thing i've got is uh freedom pop um launched a free home broadband plan uh this kind of harkens back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago um with the possibility of a future system needing requiring internet um just how internet is doing the step up um we've got a couple different service providers that offer relatively cheap internet for dial-up. Um, but I mean, how much gaming can you really get on dial-up, right? Um, this broadband, um, sounds good. Uh, however, there's an f- extremely low cap, um, like anywhere from like one gig, uh, to 10 gig for 10 bucks. Um, so I would see this more as a reliable internet for grandma, um, than I would, you know, cheap gamer guy who needs internet. Um, but if all you're doing is using the internet to get updates and to, um, show that you have the internet so that you can play, I could see that, I could see that counting for that requirement. 
Now, if it's if you're tying back to Steam or something, a cloud to pull your game down again, I don't think that's going to work. Um, but it's uh, this service has a step up um, that can go pretty high. But the the issue is um, their broadband. There's no guarantee because they're going off of a Clearwire WiMAX network. There's no guarantee on the actual download speeds or upload speeds that you'd be getting. Um, it's the average right now is about four megabytes a second, um, but that's not really what you'd expect necessarily. From what do you guys think? Do you think internet's going to be able available in every home come a couple of years? See, what I'm worried about is that it's based off of WiMAX, which I believe they canceled further development and support on. Yeah, WiMAX isn't um, being developed anymore. Um, everything's being changed in favor of like the 4G. I mean, not the 4G. Um, the LTE networks are now the ones that everybody's pushing um, throughout. Yeah, so, so I, know, I, I, I would be worried that. Installed. Yeah, I'd be worried that you'd have no real support. I mean, obviously, you'd have some support from the company there, but I mean, there's no progress being made on the on the spectrum or the the servicing of that spectrum any further. So I I don't know that that's necessary. You're not thinking about doing this, are you, trial? No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, right now where I am, there's only one internet service provider. I can't even get the internet through satellite. Our satellite service told us we have to go through Comcast. So. Monopoly! Um, but Sto- um, Stokels, who's uh, one of the, the folks that was um, passing information on this, um, says that the WiMAX network is going to remain live until 2015 uh, for Freedom Pop. And by, by then, um, Freedom Pop's going to swap subscribers' modems out for LTE modems for free. Um, so it will be an upgraded service, but I think they saw a chance because all the WiMAX stuff was still out there and still could be used as a cheap backbone since no one else was going to use it, um, and just update their stuff as the, as the need comes. Yeah. It's an interesting thing we'll, we'll need to keep track of because, you know, especially as people flee from the WiMAX service, I would think that your speeds are actually going to go up. (laughs) So. That's, that's interesting. Lee. <laughs> Burgundy? Okay, it is CEO resignation time. Um, Electronic Arts CEO John Ricitello uh, put in his res- uh, resignation this week because I guess he tanked the company because they only made a few billion dollars last year. Um, what was the actual difference? Uh, they were projecting a 4.3 billion sales figure, but now they expect a 3.78 billion or less. So basically that ends up with, you know, investors being really annoyed at the company. He stepped down, stock went up, everybody's happy about that. They have to pay him, I think, two years' salary. So my favorite part about this whole story is Ricitello's track record just was never that good with companies. <laughs> and they put him in there anyway, which always cracks me up when you see these CEOs come in. A lot of people are blaming it on a bunch of shifts in the environment. Um, where basically, you know, EA is trying to be a traditional, like, you know, console-style company, PC game company, and there's just so much transition in in the marketplace right now. We're coming to the end of a console cycle. Um, everything, you know, a lot of things are going mobile. A lot of things are going free-to-play. A lot of things are just, everything is changing there. And they're worried that EA is going to come become stagnant with this. So, they're, you know, he stepped down. Shareholders seem to like it. 
So who knows what exactly is going to change with this, but I think it's a bit premature. I think he probably just wanted to get out, to be honest. And, hey, you know, it's a great excuse to do it and still collect two-year salary at a ridiculous rate. So <laughs> it's not a bad time to do it. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, brought up, you brought up an interesting point there. Um, I have been, since the announcement of the PS4 and specifically that it won't support anything at all, downloads anything from any previous generation, at least not till this whole uh Gaikai thing gets figured out and even then you'll probably still have to rebuy everything. Mm-hmm. I have been very, very reluctant to put coin down for anything. I, I've been very happy that I have a serious backlog and plus because essentially I don't have to buy anything. But <clears throat> anything coming out that is going to be a purchase, I'm it's like I, I'm really thinking about not getting Disney Infinity until a PS4 version comes out. I there I I'm just I can see that really actually affecting a company's numbers because I mean I yes I'm not I'm not you know uh, uh maybe what the average gamer is out there anymore but I I, I could see that actually being a legitimate thing. I don't think you should do that though. Not for that game. Disney Infinity because keep in mind that any experience and or money that you gather with those characters will carry over to future games. Because well, it's stored on the on the character. Yeah, not the I, game. I, I get that part. What I what I don't want to do, and I don't want to be running thirteen consoles in my living room. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you won't have to, in terms of that franchise, because all the play sets and everything should just automatically carry over to the right. PS4. The only thing you're really going to be out on that one is just the you know the cost of the actual game. Yes. Uh, the rest of the stuff is going to carry over, well, at least from my understanding of it as well. And any time that you spent playing the game... The level. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, you lose characters. all your levels and saves. and Yeah, your characters will be the right levels, but you won't... When I say levels, I mean whatever you've done in the game, like unlocking levels or whatever. Is it going to be cloud-based, though, for that? I have no idea. See, that's going to be the real question. I understand that... We they may not be able to do backwards compatibility for running the games, but they do have cloud storage for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I could see them making the ability to import a PS3 cloud save to unlock all that stuff in a PS4 game. I mean, that would make good business sense from Disney's side anyways to support something like that. And that's really, I guess that's really what we don't know about the PS4. It's still one of those things, you know, what exactly are they doing? I'm hoping E3 will clear up a whole lot of this. I was really expecting more information to come out of PAX regarding that, but there's not any. So It's still early for them to come out with stuff uh, for that. Either way, it's going to be a tough sell. I mean, there's really, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but there's really not a super compelling reason for people to make the jump just yet. I mean, we're, we're at a diminished returns here when it comes to, like, hardware specs and everything. Sorry, the games still look great. I mean, I'm playing Tomb Raider, and uh, I'm playing Tomb Raider this week in God of War and God of War Ascension. They look fantastic. You know, it, we can get by on this for another couple of years easy, and I think a lot of people, especially in this economy right now, are going to be making that decision. It's it's that's a brings up a really good point, and that is you know how much is the jump? You know I remember the jump from PS one to PS two, 
and I remember the jump from PS2 to PS3, and they were significant jumps. Although, if you looked at the PS3 launch titles, they did not look that good. No. Um, but still, as time went on, you know, you could really begin to see the difference in the jump. Are we making that much of a jump from the PS3 to the PS4? That's that's not my question. What, not from what we've seen so far. And, I mean, and they, if they showed some demos, um, you know, at the when they did their big press conference and everything. Did it look like it was that much more? I mean, a little bit, but the Capcom game. Mm-hmm. That's the only one that that I went wow for. Right. Um, which I can't even remember the name of at the moment. It'll be canceled before you know the system comes out anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, I actually heard a rumor about that game um, that it is actually may not be what it seemed to be. I guess if you go back and, and rewatch the demo that they showed, mm-hmm. there's a helicopter. Or the sound of a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And that's led people to believe that maybe you are doing an Assassin's Creed type of simulation through different time periods. Which... I'd be fine with that too, but I really hope it's more something like like uh, a new kind of demon soul kind of thing because that's that was so good. And if you put those graphics on it, yes, please. But we'll see. Uh, Neo Sapien, you've got one next. Yeah, so the uh, folks over at the Humble Bundle are now starting a new feature. Uh, they're calling, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the Humble Weekly Sale. Every Tuesday, they'll come out with a new game, only one game, so it's not like the traditional bundles where you have several games bundled together. And uh, it'll be the same pay-what-you-want model that they've done with the bundles. And uh, each week will have some unique bonuses with it for different tiers. You know, if you pay above the average, you get different rewards. Uh, there's a, you know, the pay above the average, and then there's also the, the st- fixed price, and you get different uh, bonuses based on that. So uh, for this first week, which was released this last Tuesday, and that's, that's the other part, it's only available for one week. So if you want it, you've got seven days to do it. So on this last Tuesday, they released Bastion as the uh, first one, a game I've heard much about but had not actually paid played excuse me so uh, again it's drm free just like the humble bundles windows mac and and linux or linux depending on your your preference uh one dollar or above for the price you can redeem it on steam or uh, get the get the drm free download uh but as i said there are tiers so that's not all if you pay above the average you get an assortment of digital download goodies including um I originally thought it was the soundtrack, but it's not. It's uh, MP3 clips of the soundtrack that you can use as ringtones, uh, Bastion digital art pack, and sheet music. Um, so that was that was interesting to see the the sheet music there. Uh, and if you pay over twenty five dollars, you can actually get some physical swag, not just the the uh, download swag. And you get uh, original soundtrack on a CD, a Bastion bandana, a postcard, and a postcard for Supergiant's new title that they just announced, Transistor. Uh, so if you head on over to humblebundle.com, you can take a look at it. You'll still have to uh, till midnight Monday night or Tuesday morning, depending on how you want to look at it, to uh, pick that up. Pay what you want. The average right now is about two sixty-five. I paid about double that when I picked up my copy. Uh, spent the better part of a night trying to figure out exactly how to make my DualShock 3 work with my laptop. 
and uh, then knock through the first couple of levels. And it's a, it's a really fun game. If you haven't played it, it's a isometric, you know, uh, kind of view. It's very Alundra, Legend of Zelda-ish. So, um, and when I say Legend of Zelda, I'm thinking like Link to the Past, not anything that's come. I'm a huge fan of that game. Anybody should be. I mean, you're crazy not to get it at the price, you know, right now. I've ran through it multiple times. I actually got it originally on the Xbox, and then I picked it up on a Humble Bundle um, before, which was, you know, they came with a soundtrack and everything, which is, the game just has an awesome soundtrack. Um, it's a lot of fun to play. I love the narration. I love the style of the story. Um, played through it multiple times already before. Uh, it's just a hell of a lot of fun, and it's a steal for this price. Um, everybody should be getting this game. It's just ridiculous not to. So, so I, I want to talk about this for just a second because the Humble Bundle, you know, originally started as a promotion for Child's Play mm-hmm. uh, over at um, Penny Arcade, which Child's Play is a uh, charity that donates uh, games and gaming systems to uh, sick children in hospitals, which is a great cause. But I had noticed that they did so well with it that they started doing more and more of them outside of the Child's Play charity. Um, and now it seems like there's a humble bundle every month to month and a half. Yeah, but but they you still can donate it to uh, the two main charities they support are Child's Play and uh, uh, EFF. What's that? Electronics Foundation Frontier, Frontier Foundation, something like that. Um, and even this, this is still I donated all of my proceeds to the to the. Well, no, I did I did give a humble tip of like fifty cents. Um, but uh, went to Child's Play and EFF. You can't split it up between the two, but this is still going to uh, does the standard uh, developer um, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, charity, and they've added now a humble tip, which you know is to pay for their overhead and whatnot of running the humble bundles. So even even though all of them still, even though they're you've got the Android bundles, you've got the different developer bundles. Yeah, they're coming out like rabid dogs right now, but they are still all you. You are for all of them still able to donate to the charity that the Child's Play and the EFF. Well, that's that's interesting. I'm just, I, I it's interesting that we've come full circle. With, because for me, the Humble Bundle may, basically harkens back to the early days of PC computing with shareware. And that's basically what we're doing. We're doing, you pay what you want. Well, it's it's even a little bit more flexible than, than shareware because you pay what you want. But the whole idea behind shareware was that if you liked something, then you paid for it. And that's that's interesting to me that, uh, that we've kind of come that circle. It's not quite the same model, but it's just a variation thereof. And then you add charity on top of that uh it, it seemed to have made them all both the charities and the developers a, a decent amount of change so i i'm not surprised to hear that they're wanting to do it weekly now i think this is a uh just a further evolution of the concept uh do you do you like that idea do you dislike that idea neo i think it's pretty cool um especially you know uh being on a budget being able to pay you know I mean, I, I like I said, I doubled what the average payment was, and the average payment was ridiculously low because Windows gamers suck, apparently. Uh, 
because they are the lowest paying group. Uh, so the uh, it, just to be able to get on there and get stuff, I, I think the one at a time almost makes more sense because with the bundles, you may have paid you know twenty bucks for the bundle and only ever played one of the games because that's the only one you really wanted. So I think they actually might see an increase in cash flow. Uh, for the charities and for the for the developers, doing doing it this way, and you know it was just fortuitously or strategically timed. I'm not sure with the announcement of Transistor, uh, you know the the spiritual sequel to Bastion. Uh, I, I think that that was just a really well played maneuver. So so the, what I'm getting at as we slowly evolve this this discussion is PlayStation Minis. <laughs> Has anyone in here purchased a PlayStation Mini? Purchased? No. Downloaded? Yes. Okay. Would you ever purchase a PlayStation Mini? Maybe if it came with trophies. <laughs> da- uh, uh, Neo Sapien, uh, sorry, Trial Access, have you ever uh, downloaded a PlayStation Mini? Nope. Burgundy? Um, any ones that have come free with PSN Plus I've downloaded. Would um, you ever pay for one? It depends. It would have to be it would have to be pretty good. Um, the problem is, like so much of the other content, is usually pretty decent. There's a lot of like good downloadable content that I haven't had to bother with it. So see, see, I usually don't even look at them unless they're free. Here's my issue with the PlayStation Network: Plants vs. Zombies. What does that game re- retail for on the PlayStation Network? I think that was like see, a fifteen dollar one, wasn't it? Yeah, it's fifteen bucks. Do you know how much that costs on my iPhone? Nothing. 99 cents. 99 cents. So where's the other $14 over it? And if you look at all the minis, the minis range from like $250 all the way up to like $10. And they have put out many minis that that have iPhone and Android counterparts, and they are 99 cents. Mm -hmm. And this is my issue. I think that mini development... I really hope that as they move forward with the PS4 and they do, they allow indie developers and, and small developers to start programming, I also hope that that comes with a point where they get to set their own price point. Because it seems to me that they shot themselves in the foot with the mini development by pricing themselves out of uh, being relevant to the marketplace. I mean, Angry Birds is a prime example of that. You know, free... On my iPhone, if I want to buy extra levels, and it's like $0.99. Cents. On the PSN, it's $5. Why is it $5? Because Sony wants their cut. Thoughts? Well, I didn't pay anything for Plants vs. Zombies on the Vita. Well, right, it's, because, it that's PSN because they... Plus. Yeah, PSN Plus. So it's just another reason why I love PSN Plus, but yeah, um, I do agree with that. There is a huge disparity um, from games that are basically ports of you know the phone games and uh, what was the one um, that was real popular for a while Cannibal yeah I think that's a that's technically a mini right yes um, I know that came free with it and everything and that's probably one I actually would have paid for because it's kind of fun you know it's a neat little you know time waster um, I remember playing it on the uh, the older the old PSP I had and I think that was like a buck 99 or something like that even then buck 99 it was still double what it was on you know the phone Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of a cut. But the thing is, I don't understand the cut portion because it's not like Apple doesn't get their cut from anything they sell, which is probably 
around the same, if not, you know, maybe even a little more. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the PSN cut is. Well, it may not necessarily even be the PSN cut. It could be the developers having to cover the cost of submitting and QCing for the PSN. Very true. Because I've heard that uh, even large game companies, if they want to push through a patch mm-hmm. or uh, add new content to a game, it costs X number of dollars, and perhaps that's how they recoup it. Right. I think so. that's isn't that more of an issue. I know the Xbox has a way bigger issue with that. Yes. Um, PSN allows a lot more updating. Um, they do than the than the Xbox. The Xbox is a flat rate. I think it's like I think it's something ridiculous, like twenty five thousand or something like that. That's what I've heard. And yeah, where developers, a lot of developers just kind of go, eh, you're not going to get the update. And then the PSN will get the update because they can do it on there easily and cheaply. And and I think if Sony is smart as they move forward with the PS4 development, they're going to keep more of it open and free, more open and free for that type of activity because that's going to be a huge advantage over Microsoft. I would definitely agree with that. Um, we're seeing a lot more because we have so much power to work with as far as when everybody's developing anything. And the systems are just ridiculously powerful at this point, even like the current generation we have right now. Indie developers are able to do some really creative things um, very cheaply and come up with some really great new ideas. I mean, you see a lot of the downloadable stuff on the two systems, and some of them are just like incredibly awesome. And they're just completely overlooked, you know, for some odd reason. I really hope that they actually put a little more focus on that. I, I, you seem, you're seeing a little bit more of that happening now, and I'm hoping they really continue with that. Microsoft used to be better at it with, like, their summer sales and everything, where they would focus on, you know, the summer of arcade. Um, they seem to really just been pushing that away now. PSN really has a chance to go after that and just really make it cutting edge and do something special for, you know, gamers out there. And I think there's a big win in there if they really go for it. Trial Access, what's your opinion on indie games on the PSN? Are are you, do you like them? Do you buy them? Do you wish there were more of them? Do you not care? <sighs> well, <laughs> it's funny because I was just thinking to myself, I have no idea what these guys are talking about. <laughs> I I don't um, I don't purchase the majority of them. Um, but to be fair, I only just bought um, Angry Birds on my phone, like. A month ago, two months ago, and that was for the kids. Um, I'm not the. A lot of these indie games, I don't, I don't pick up and play. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that the ports would cost that much more um, for the same exact game. Because even when you look at a box like the Roku box um, that allows you to play Angry Birds on your TV with a normal television controller, it costs a dollar. Like it, there is no extra, and they had to port to to a totally different system there as well. So, I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think that you should be. That aside, PlayStation Plus users like the three of you, <laughs> um, get get a lot of these games without having to spend the fifteen dollars. Um, so I guess my question would be to Sony if it's worth the while of making people pay if people are actually paying $15 to to own this on their PlayStation. I don't know. To me it doesn't make a difference because I'm not I'm probably not going to purchase it anyway. I I will be interested to see actually what they do with PlayStation Plus moving into the PS4 era. 
because there are a lot of question marks up in the air. Like, is it going to work the same way? Is it going to allow us a subscription model for all the PS1, 2, and 3 games? Uh, you know, what's what's PlayStation Plus going to look like? And I, I know that I just re-upped mine, and suddenly I'm thinking, hmm, you know what? I could have six months of dead space in my PlayStation Plus. Because if November rolls around and I just re-enrolled it, uh, that's going to be six months of wasted if it doesn't transfer over to PS4 in some way, shape, or form. So we'll see. Our next story, Don Mesa, PlayStation's Director of Product Planning and Software Platform Software Innovation, that's a mouthful, told journalists this week that Vita owners play their systems on average of 18.7 hours per week. That's about two and a half hours a day. Uh, in addition, he said there are over 100 titles launching for the Vita in 2013. Combine this with the news that sales in Japan are up six times uh, week over week, and things could be looking up for the shiny black handheld. Um, I will say that, you know, before this week, well, actually before the last, yeah, about week and a half or so, I would have completely said that that was a lie. I, I did not play my Vita two and a half hours per day, 18.7 hours per week. This last week, I think I'm above that. I probably say that I was playing it four hours a day. What, what, uh, I know, Neosapien, you have one? Yeah, um, my my average game time on that per week is nowhere near that. Um, I'll maybe put in five hours a week here and there. Some weeks I don't play it at all. Mm -hmm. um, I played some this week, and I was actually basically playing one of those minis. It was the uh, OMG Zombies while we were sitting around waiting for something today, and that was maybe 45 minutes, and, and that's that's all I've touched it all week. Uh, again, primarily because I've been watching TV and been trying to increase my, uh, my exercise schedule a little bit, but, um, yeah, I'm nowhere near that. And I'm a, I'm a little leery of this hundred titles thing. I heard that, what was that yesterday or day before that came out? I'm like a hundred titles and we haven't heard any of them yet. I mean, well, that's, either, either that's E3 not... is just going to be slammed with Vita or... That's not entirely true. We do know of about 20. Um, if you look at the... Uh, it, it's out there. GameStop leaked the release schedule, or someone from a GameStop leaked their release schedule, and there's about 20 on there. Uh, a lot of JRPGs, Dragon's Dogma, um, Resistance... Or not Resistance, excuse me, uh, Killzone. Killzone. Um, a couple others. I mean, I'd say there was about 20-something on that list. And I could see with, you know, we've got uh, Thomas is Alone coming out. Uh, and if, especially if they're counting the PS1 and PSP uh, capabilities, being able to play those games, I could see how they easily hit 100. Well, okay, yeah, if they're counting that stuff, that's going to come out either way and it just happens to play it yeah i suppose i see that yeah there's i mean there's also a lot of downloadable stuff a lot of cross-play stuff on there too um you have to keep in mind all that stuff i mean that's going to add up pretty quick burgundy you've got the next one sure i um, in the ea pile on continues with a security exploit in their origin platform 
I don't think this is really going to be a huge deal, but basically there's um, a possibility for people to inject a, a link, basically, to go to a remote site and run malicious code straight through their origin platform right on the, right on the user system without any way for them to even know or stop it. Um, it sounds a lot worse than you know it likely is. There's nothing really out in the wild for it, but there's a lot of issues with these kind of, um, I guess, what do you want to call them, like gateway platforms that these companies are using, like Steam and EA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, technically, they said that this can actually happen on Steam as well. So there's really nothing stopping it from you know happening there either. But um, so I'm looking, EA is going to have to you know shore up the buttresses of their service to get everything um, nice and secure but it's kind of a big deal that (laughs) that they want to go to these centralized services and make them like you know a portal for everything but at the same time the way they're the way they're doing it could open up users to just huge security holes you know worse than java ever was so (laughs) they need to need to be very careful about this going forward yeah, I mean, I, I got a message, um, I guess it was today, well, technically yesterday, but I haven't slept, so it's not really yesterday yet, uh, that Google all of a sudden popped up and said, someone suspicious has tried to log into your thing, and I look at it, and it's some IP out of Egypt trying to log into my Google account, and I'm fairly certain my password was not cracked, because it, it's, it's a fairly complex one I had on there. So that means it was compromised somewhere. I, I have no idea where. I have no idea how. But it, it, it was. And, you know, I, I mean, Google is a big enough thing, and it's smart enough to know, hey, you've never been to Egypt. This guy logging in from you as Egypt is, is probably not really you. And it, it stopped it. But you know, not all of these services like Origin have that kind of stuff built in. And you know, like you said, they're, they're just building in more, more loopholes. So this this... This really is a thing, you know. It's. I hate to talk about security because uh, all the security people I know are psychotic, crazy, paranoid, monkey chompers. But. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm kind of a security person in my day to day job, right? <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm just saying, I I have not chomped any monkeys. You have not chomped any monkeys recently. Um. <laughs> No, but I'm talking about guys that, you know, like wrote their own encryption algorithm for their home wireless network and hack their router because everything is unsecure and they're not going to be compromised. And they have, you know, triple lever firewalls that are like industrial strength firewalls, not the applications or the little firewalls that are on a on a uh yeah, but, but we're talking kind of about stuff. we're talking about two different things, I, I think, because the the issue I have with this story is that this denotes a fundamental lack of oversight in the development of the platform. Bingo. You know, this is this is this shouldn't have ever been an issue. If they're going to present to the consumer a unified platform for running these pieces of software, then they need to be able to code so that only those certified pieces of software run on that platform. 
And that's not what they've done here. They've actually said, oh, you can run anything on here, and we're not even going to track it. And that's that's not... How is that presenting in the in the, the society that we live in today, how is that protecting the consumer? It's not. And I think that's a huge blunder on their part. And if Steam is is susceptible to that same type of thing, then that would be a huge issue for Steam. I do kind of wonder how much uh, of a true claim that is, simply because I know Steam constantly responds to things like this on a regular basis of trying to make sure that only Steam-certified software can run on their platform. So I, I'm, I'm not saying it's false. I'm just saying that sounds... I, I know Origin is a whole lot newer to the game than Steam. What, what do you think about that? I agree. Steam kind of... I mean, Steam itself... Steam as a company, that's what they do. So they're really protective of their brand. Um, they've really done a great job of making their brand the go-to brand for that, you know, the go-to system for that. So I really expect them to be at the forefront of this the whole time. And they take it very seriously. And anytime there's anything like wrong with their service, you see them address it really quick. EA is just trying to, you know, piggyback on, well, Steam seems to be doing well, so we have to do that too. And they just want to sell, you know, games. They just mm-hmm. want the money that Steam's making, but they weren't really looking at what really made Steam get to where it is. And why is Steam the number one, you know, distribution platform on the PC for that? And, and Trial Access, you own all of your Sims discs, correct? <laughs> that that is the way of the world originally. Um, so my wife plays Sims a lot, and I've purchased her every Sims game since Sims One came out. Um, and originally, that was the idea. The idea was to have all the discs in house, just in case. Well. We have kids and you lose a disc or whatever, have to rebuy it. Well, so we started getting the digital editions. And now everything we have is through Origin. And how do you love that Origin service? It's great. No, not so much. Because <laughs> um, I think that even SimCity that we have that we're running right now runs oh. through that. Oh, my. You did not tell me you got, like, the, the new SimCity? Yeah, Naomi plays it, yeah. And does she still have hair? She likes it, you know. She's not say. torn her hair out with server issues. I I looked over her. I looked over her shoulder once. She. I don't think she's had to wait that much. That is a miracle. Now you know Sim, you get Sim City. We, <laughs> we, uh, we. I don't think anybody had this on their list, but uh, you do know you get a free game for buying Sim City, right? I didn't know that. You do. Uh, they're they offer they're offering one of six different games. Uh, several of them are quite good. So uh, you can huh. jump on uh, Origins website, and I believe they have a link to it there. I'll make sure to pass that along. Yes, as uh, they steal all of our information. Now, here's the follow-up question to this: since we started talking about Steam, as all of us know from looking at the PS4 announcement, the architecture for the PS4 is very much going to be a jazzer-sized PC. Will we see Valve roll out Steam on the PS4? I'm curious about that because when they read when they did Portal 2, there was a little bit of Steam. I mean, barely integration on there, 
It mm-hmm. really seemed like Sony was very friendly to the idea of Steam. So I'm kind of curious if they'll take it all the way with that. So if if I had a box that ran all of my PS1 games, all of my PS2 games, all of my PS3 games, all of my PS4 games, and all PC games. Yeah, that's a winner right there, isn't it? That sure seems like it to me. Well, and I think that's why they... you won't see it. Um, <laughs> I think the licensing that Steam has had to do to get all those different PC games in the Steam platform, I, I think they would see publishers start dropping like flies if they then work some licensing thing with Sony to push all that out there. I, I, I'm I'm no legal expert, and I don't know how all that stuff works, except that it's, you know gives people who understand it headaches um i i i don't think so i i think it'll be too much of a licensing nightmare they might want to do it but then it would end up they could only publish you know two or three publishers games to the steam on the psn and then it would end up being the same games that are already available on psn except it'd be the pc version so the controls wouldn't work right and yeah i i I don't i'm gonna go no on that one um, I don't. Uh, I might have to respectfully disagree on that. See, um, and I you don't. Can irrespectively I, disagree. Too. <laughs> I, I really don't care. <laughs> With all the work that Steam's been doing to try and get a, a like a set top box interface, you know, what, what what do they call their interface for that? Um, it's uh, uh like big uh, screen Steam box. No, no, no. They had. Didn't they call it like big screen, like big screen or something like that? Oh, or single screen. Yeah, I know what yeah, you're there, talking There was some about. kind of interface they like built into it. It was totally made for like hooking up just like a PC to the TV and running it from a like a controller. Um, they made it like real streamlined. I don't know if they fully implemented it or they were just working on it. Um, but they're just they're just doing a lot of work and they want that. They want to be on a TV. They want to be on there. If Sony was receptive to that idea. I can't see them not want to take a chance at that because they're just going to be making more money. I can't see the developers being mad about that because then you're getting, you know, exclusive PC games. Yeah, it's just going to be a lot more exposure and easy exposure to a whole lot of people, the potential of a whole lot of people if they buy into the idea. See, and I'm not sure that there would be a licensing component simply because you're not publishing the work on the PS3. You're publishing it on Steam, and all the PS3 is at that point is a dumb terminal PC. Exactly. Well, so I don't... not entirely, because it is actually running on the system. That That's where the difference is, because all that stuff is already published for Windows and Linux and, and whatever, and that's running on the system. It's not literally streaming, you know. I, I, you know I'm going to fold to my backup argument then if, if if you don't like my licensing argument the the SCE will never allow the white devil company of the west to put anything on their system it's true they did spend a lot of money on Gaikai so they got to use that yeah they they do um and and we are also talking about Sony who can't ever seem to see the winner. Well, but then again, you know what? I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to reserve judgment on the PS4 until it actually launches. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm mixed. I, this just seems like a no-brainer to me. But then again, you know, so many things have in the past, and they do the exact opposite. So, 
we'll see. Hey, both. Yeah. Just please, please be very excited for E3. Name, please. <laughs> well, that's a great segue, actually. Thanks, Trial. So, speaking of, uh, we have some word from Square Enix. Uh, they've announced that Final Fantasy X HD will be bundled on a single Blu-ray, along with Final Fantasy X 2 HD. And those two titles will be sold separately for the Vita via the PlayStation Network. The other news rumor leaks floating around the internet is that with the debacle that was Final Fantasy XIV, all development teams basically spent the last year and a half attempting to fix all their problems and relaunch the game. Thus, Final Fantasy Versus XIII has been renamed. Uh, the assets have been repurposed for Final Fantasy XV, and it will be a PlayStation 4 exclusive with Sony stepping in to co-produce the game. Uh, again, that's a rumor, but... Uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, I think Final Fantasy Versus 13 has been in development hell for so long that it's probably a good idea to just repurpose the entire thing and launch it on the PlayStation 4. Uh, lastly, we did confirm that there was a new trailer for Kingdom Hearts 1.5. Uh, it was debuted at PAX, as well as information detailing exactly what we'd be getting with the game that is coming out on the PS3. Uh, it's going to be Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts Re Chains of Memory and a remastered set of cutscenes from Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. And what's interesting is not only have they tuned the graphics uh, into high fidelity, but they've also tweaked gameplay aspects uh, and as well as adding trophy support. Support. Uh, there's no word at this point if there will be a Vita version. I would flip if there was. So you're going to hear the graphics? No. You said high fidelity. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's yes. 3 a.m. It's a bad show. Sorry. They did actually tweak the fidelity of the sound as well. So maybe I just mixed my sections there. Uh, is anybody besides me going to be buying this? The the 1.5, the Kingdom Hearts 1.5? I don't think so. You've had your fill of... Yeah, I I don't know if it if it had Kingdom Hearts two remastered on it, so it was basically the entire main storyline. Maybe, or I might end up getting it for the kids, you know, for one reason or another. But missing missing Kingdom Hearts two on there, you're it's like why why not include that? You've already you've already because that's something they can do and charge us another ten dollars for. Well. Yeah, but I mean, if you could buy it all at once and have the whole basic storyline there, maybe. Well, not counting uh, what's the PSP one? Can't uh, think. Right now. Birth by Sleep. Yeah, that one. You know, well, if we are talking about Square Enix. Why don't they just make Final Fantasy VII over again already and make a million billion dollars? I think they're saving that one for when the company is really about to fail. Um, and so it's coming out next month? Probably. Yeah. I know. Kingdom Hearts is probably like the biggest disappointment I've ever had with that company. What? I really, I really wanted to love the game, but it came out with, um, I think it came out like the same week that, um, I think the second Ratchet and Clank game came out. So you had like one of the best playing games of all time. And I'm just like a big, I'm a big gameplay guy, and that was kind of the whole deal with the Kingdom Hearts. It was supposed to be like a really good playing game, 
but it just wasn't. I mean, compared to something that's like really polished platformer like Ratchet and Clank that came out like the same week that that game came out, it was just horrible for me to get into, and the camera was just horrible. Everything was just horrible playing about it, and I really wanted to love it because I love the atmosphere. I liked the way the story was going. It was real interesting, but just it just played like garbage, and I think a lot of people really gave it a pass because they weren't used to games that actually played well. Um, I don't want to be mean, but there's a lot of people that were just playing role-playing games, so they were okay with it because <laughs> they didn't understand what a good game actually played like. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Yeah, so it's just, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. It's fine, you know? It's like it's like when I tried to jump into, I think I tried to jump into one of the superhero MMOs, you know, that came out, and people were like, oh, this play is great. And I went to play it, and it was just after I played, you know, Infamous and, you know, stuff like that. That game played horribly, you know? <laughs> Because Infamous was a lot of fun. You know, you were able to climb up everything. And, and this game was just like, you know, you're just dancing around stuff. And it was just like, all right, I guess it's good for, you know, what they like. But it's not for me. See, to me, yeah. the, the, the thing with Kingdom Hearts is, is even with, I, I'd say my biggest issue with it was was the camera. The jumps, there were a couple sections where the jump really got squirrely, especially toward the end of the game. You have that bridge of forever you're trying to, to jump across. And that was that was painful. Um, but overall, I think the story and the development and the quality of, of the game itself, that one thing aside, overcame it overall. I really enjoyed the first game. Um, that was just, I guess, to me it worked. Yeah, no, I, I love the game, but more importantly, I want my fiancé to play it because she loves uh, most of the characters that are in it, and she's never seen a game where you'll be able to do something like that, so... That that's the big re reason for me, but I, I definitely understand. Uh, you know, it's not the best playing game in the world, but for what it is, I thought it was fun. Yeah. That being said, I'm probably going to give this a chance, and I really hate myself for that. <laughs> <laughs> Trial access. You've got the next story. Um. Yeah. Uh. I haven't been in the cast for a little bit, so um, around the beginning of March. Uh. Microsoft showed off some of Kinect's features at TechFest, um, which included um, them programming to allow the hand, hand gestures to replace a mouse, um, pinch and zooming with their hands, panning around the screen, um, which is quite an update. Um, now, ever since the Kinect first came out, it's been ported to the PC, um, and it, they've passed along a lot of the programming code so that it's open to developers, allowing them to take advantage of the technology. Um, there's been colleges that have come forth with a lot of really awesome ideas and things that you could do with the Kinect. So um, Microsoft's looking at expanding the features of the of the Connect um, for future games and future apps on the on the Xbox. So um, I'm that I'm really excited about that. Um, supposedly, it's not even it's not just you know hand gestures, moving of the wrist, um, but it's actually down to um, fingers, um, being able to tell how many fingers what direction they're pointing and that kind of stuff so that you can actually have even more control of certain games. Hey, Microsoft, which finger am I holding up? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it could be worse. You could have to wear a colored glove. Um, the other part that, that I want to talk about that tied into that is um, we, I spoke a little while ago about starting up Skyrim again and um, it just came out. Uh, I don't know if the update's out yet, but um, there's an update coming. 
coming down the pipe or is out of the pipe um, that's going to allow connect usage with Skyrim. Um, it, you can actually uh, add make hot hot phrases, hotkeys essentially, that will allow you to shift between equipment. So you can say equipped longsword and shield and it'll equip that. You can say fire and ice and it'll put fire on your left hand and ice on your right hand. Um, mass heals and it'll it'll convert your hands over to being to being the healing spells. Um, you can, you'll be able to say the the dragon shout, like actually say the dragon shout that you want to use in that voice. <laughs> And so, actually so people are going to be shouting, Fusoda! <laughs> I have to say, a lot of the people I've seen that play Skyrim already do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it all, uh, with the update, it's also going to allow you to sort your inventory by um, value of goods and also by weight so that you can trade your items to your poor Nodwick-like lackeys um, and give them the heavier stuff so that you can go and take the clothes off everybody in town. Um, you know, like most people do, but it's, I, I thought that was a really, really cool update, um, to include the connect on a game like that. I'm, what I'm waiting for is them to incorporate this all so I can stand in my living room and pretend to chop my kids. So here's my question for you, trial access. The rumor has resurfaced again that the Microsoft next platform will require always-on connectivity. And if it's always-on, and always required to be on, that means that Microsoft is gathering data through the Connect. Because they will say that they aren't to high heavens, but why wouldn't you? In fact, there's a, 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 there's a rumor flowing around... Well, it's not a rumor. It's a released document for Durango that basically says that if you are watching something uh, like a movie and another person walks within view of the Connect, then you may need to actually buy an upgrade to the movie to license it to two people <laughs> watching the movie. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome and I would get an Xbox and just play it and watch everything naked just to make their life... <laughs> <laughs> but what do, what do you think about I, I, mean, I, I think okay so coming from coming from my 10 plus years in the military I don't do anything that's that's you know bad I, I, I if I had the chance I'd probably lojack my kids um, <laughs> so it doesn't I mean Big Brother's gonna watch you regardless of what you want to do and what you don't want to do uh, even now though I, I my okay so let me take a step back my father does not have internet he lives in the mountains he does not have internet because he's afraid that having internet in the house will somehow allow his accounts to be stolen oh he's so quaint I I don't understand how that works but okay dad all right so that being said I still turn my connect to face a wall if I'm not using it. <laughs> Knowing that it can move on its own, I check the rotation and point it against a wall. Uh, my PSI, I do the same thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit paranoid anyway, but that's interesting that, because um, I remember hearing something about that, about the always on, and it made me think of the Futurama episode where mom's, mom's robot conglomerate that owns everything is watching two people, Bender and a couple of his friends playing a game on their essentially connect. And 
she logs in and checks out what they're playing and it would not surprise me if if we see something if if not doing it already if we see something like that in in the come the future and as far as your skyrim uh uh story goes all i could think of is that robot chicken where uh, you got the big muscular guy holding up the little dork, and he's going, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, <laughs> lightning bolt. <laughs> nice. I, I just don't, you know, I, I've tried PlayStation Move games and Connect games, and what I found is uh, using my hands to do stuff in a non-existent space is really annoying, and I don't want to do it. Really? I'd rather use a controller. Oh, um, well, I can see that. That's also the way you've been raised, because you're really old. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. I was about but... to say I agree, but I'm going to shut up because I knew it was because I was old. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I do see the, I mean, like, I guess the difference is, you know, when you look at Minority Report, which is what everybody always can, compares it to, you're actually seeing something in a virtual space that you can then interact with in real space. With the Connect, I have nothing. I have no depth perception, if if that's a good analogy. You know, I do I need to swing my arm as straight as it possibly can be at a full arc in front of me in order to swing my sword? Or can I do it from my elbow? Or can I do just make a small motion? And what does it correspond to? Does that make sense? It's like there's no visual feedback, so I can't really tell how I'm interacting with the world. Now, Google Glass, on the other hand, may make that completely possible. And people won't have, or there won't be that ambiguity of where is my play space because I'll be able to actually see something in depth that I can reach out to and actually see engage am I close to it am I not close to it you know and interact with it even though it's not really there does that make yeah. sense yeah I can see that I mean I'm not saying you're wrong I, I, I do think that you know obviously there is that crutch because those of us that started playing video games with Pong are always forever going to be tied to a controller. <laughs> Back in my day, we just had a one button. It was for kill. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we needed. Uh, that's from the extra. That's one of the Ratchet and Clanks. Which one? Yeah, well, all I can say is that's now the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I guess it's, it's, it's all dependent to... For for me, a lot of what I'm looking at, um, I'm not, and it's, it's we've we've talked about this before. Of the four people talking right now, I'm probably the most casual, least video gamer person because I don't, I just I don't I don't buy them very often. I don't play them as much, and so um, like for example, Connect Star Wars, which has gotten horrible ratings by so many people. Um, I I love Star Wars, and it's. My boys got into a mood, you know, two weeks ago where they really wanted to play Star Wars. They really wanted to watch Star Wars. So that's what we did for like two weeks straight is we played played Star Wars Connect and watched the movies and played with lightsabers. And I, I had a blast doing that. And they had a blast moving like the the like the little guys on the on the television told them to. And it, it worked perfectly for them. And I, I like the Connect for that for that. But I can see what you're talking about, where you're not 
it's it's difficult to be able to tell because you're not sure what's what's going on i think that once the connect or next gen system whatever it's going to be has a high enough resolution that it can pick those things out i think it'll be easier for you to move around in a three-dimensional space and be able to see what's going on on the screen but i mean to me i i I do not want google glass here i i think it's one step towards doomsday that's what i think (laughs) I think that I'm going to be wearing glasses, walking down the street, and all of a sudden I'm going to be hit with 55 windows of spam, and I'm going to get hit by a bus. <laughs> well, well, you know, okay, you know. First of all, you know, Google Glass does not project directly in front of your eyeball. Right. It's Google, actually up into the right. Google Glass point one. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Google Glass virtual world that will come out in a couple of years that allows you to remake the world and see a castle when you're walking to your house or see a dragon instead of your boss. <laughs> I just, I, I think that we're going the right way to a smack bottom. That's all. I'm all right. I'm, I'm liking as a developer. I'm liking the ideas. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> really thinking about that investment. <laughs> yeah. I'm really trying to find the downside here that you're pitching. Uh, yeah. That's, that's really <laughs> The, the getting hit by a bus—that's that was the that was the downside. Oh, okay. Oh, and wow. and getting and getting fifty-five eye mails about increasing your size and girth—that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, but you can just say Google Glass spam. Because that works so well with my Google Mail. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the, the thing, I think the thing for the bus would be is every time you walk anywhere near a street, your visual just changes to a view of Frogger. <laughs> and you just you got to get across the street without getting hit. <laughs> Neil, awesome. what's, your, what's your last story for the day? Well, <clears throat> you know, we, we, we like to have fun with our, our games and we like to have fun talking about them. And unfortunately, we... Four of us, at least, well, at least three of us, I don't know about the fourth one, are old enough to know that it's not all uh, always sunshine and rainbow unicorns and whatever. But uh, a few few weeks ago, you know, we all heard about what happened at the uh, Sandy Hook Elementary School. And, you know, having kids, you know, that, that that's a that's a tough thing to think, you know, that somebody would do that. Um, and I'm, I'm sure trial can relate to that and, uh, not, not to say that, you know, both and, and Berg's you can't, but it is a little bit different. Um, and so there was an article that came out this last week revealing that the police had recovered from the shooters, uh, residence, a spreadsheet that had, uh, ranked via various stats, previous mass killings, I don't know if they were from the world or if they were just from North America. I'm not sure. But uh, they immediately, for whatever reason, decided that this was a score sheet and that this individual was intent on outscoring all of his previous opponents and even went so far as to postulate that the reason he offed himself was so that no one could score from his kill. Um I don't know what's more disturbing, the fact that somebody's psyche could be so broken that they would take the actions that this person did, or that our police force is actually so desperate to find something to blame, well, between the police force and the media, are so desperate to find something to blame that 
they could fabricate such utter nonsense. Uh, I, I'm, I'm no expert on the subject, and you know, I, I believe there are those on this call that could possibly shed some light on this if I completely misspeak. But I'm pretty sure that psychotic and sociopathic people and serial killers and people of the the mental non-norm have been obsessive and had these kinds of behaviors and have almost always offed themselves long before there was the first, you know, virtual reality bullet fired. So uh, tying this to games is just like the most desperate stretch possible. Did the kid play games? Probably. I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't know. I, I, I really don't care, but probably. Is that a cause? No. Is it a symptom? Mm, possibly. I mean, it could have been an outlet. It could have been a, a contributor. But the core issue is not the game or the fact that this kid wrote down a bunch of statistics. Even if it was his goal to outdo it, he is not the first unbalanced person that has tried to outdo a previous unbalanced person. And I just, you know, you get to people, and I deal with a lot of people at work who are not gamers or in the game community or care at all about the game community. And they read this stuff, and, and they, they take it to truth, or at least to being credible. And it just, it frustrates me to no end. And I, I got to be careful about how I approach things. I got to keep my cool. But yeah, I've just seen it so much, I just get pissed off the get-go. Uh, that was get-go, not get-go. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to stop talking now because I'm probably yelling into the microphone. I'm going to blow everybody's eardrums out. This has been Neo Sapiens Soapbox. <laughs> Woohoo! No, um, so I, I mean, I don't know what you guys. I mean, what what you guys' thoughts are on this? I mean, well, I agree. It's it's a just a sensationalism of media trying to connect things that aren't really connected. I mean, the the thing that frustrates me is if you look at news today versus news forty years ago, mm -hmm. um, there's no. There's no analysis. There's no true analysis for what it means to the everyday consumer. It's only sensationalism. Yeah, the investigative and, reporter is dead. I mean, yeah, and, and and but what's worse is it's our fault. It, it, everybody who listens to news reports should be listening to them with a skeptical mind. They should be doing their own research. They should be instead of just taking what they say as fact. And saying, oh, well, that must be what it is, and that's how it is, and I'm going to believe that. Uh, that's, you know, someone showed me once CNN in America, and then they showed me CNN in Brazil. And CNN in Brazil was literally fabricating stories about things that were happening in America. And it's the same company. So, you know, I personally don't trust any media completely, but that's just me. And one thing, one thing that really bothered me about this uh, this article is when they said, like, you know, he had a spreadsheet and it was keeping track of statistics and everything like that. I've seen that behavior way more in people who are running, you know, um, you know, fantasy football leagues, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. That that that's definitely something that's found more in that section than it is for like you know video games so much or accountants. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it, that's that's my point. Is yeah. it's it's completely sensationalism to connect it to gaming. It could be any number of things. It's just right now it's cool to criticize gaming, and therefore here we go. Trial. Yeah, I I completely agree with everything that's been said. I think it's sensationalism. I think that the the media is takes everything like this way, way out of line. And I think that it's ridiculous to once again kind of point fingers at games saying that violent games are are what caused anything like this. I think that's... I wanted to offer another, another point on that once we got to a point, and I think we're to that point, is I think we all agree that we've seen enough misreporting in the media on... We'll, we'll just stick to gaming. We won't get into any other topics. But, you know, across the spectrum, I guess, we, we understand that there's a grain of salt to be taken with it. But do you think there is uh, any responsibility on the, the police department here? Do you think they're trying to pawn it off? I mean, it, is there just so desperate since there is no individual to blame anymore that, you know, there's there's the whole anti-firearm. And, yes, they're firearms, not guns. Please call them firearms. Sorry, another soapbox. Um, the uh, uh, you know there's there's the whole thing with that trying to blame it. That's losing momentum. There's you know it it seems like it was a real unethical move on the part of the police department to I, I don't know maybe I'm stretching there, but it really depends on what the evidence is. To be honest, you know, and I I don't know. I really can't make judgment on that because I don't have all the facts uh, or or weigh in in any kind of appreciable way. You know, if they had a, uh, a forensic psychologist there who looked through all the evidence and said, well, the reason he did this was gaming, that's one thing. You know, but if, if they don't have evidence like that, then I, then I agree that it's probably uh, just scapegoatism. And it, and it could just be that the media is misreporting what the evidence is, too. It would, I mean, so. Yeah. yeah, from the article, the way it was written, it sounded like that there was going to be some arrest being made to the video game companies. <laughs> you know, so that's what it seemed like. And it's like, oh, it's their fault, so they're, we're going to go after them. And, you know, really? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see what that charge was. Yeah. Having an idea. You're under arrest. Welcome to America. <laughs> oh, I'm having Ray Bradbury flashbacks all of a sudden. <laughs> well, uh, it's that time to wrap up the show. Uh, trial final thoughts? Um, actually, yes. If if you had if you had all of the power to do to do this, what video game series or video game would you like to see? Um turned into a movie just a thought for next time oh for next time so we're yeah, going to discuss time. it next time okay yeah. awesome Neo Sapien um well I already have my answer for next week so now I gotta think of something <laughs> for right now um I don't know uh you know hey I, sorry for the for the downer article there but uh you know just uh um yeah I have nothing sorry <laughs> <laughs> Burgundy. <laughs> I'm tired. 
<laughs> yeah. is good. Yeah, I'm kind of tired I'm, too. I'm tired, and I'm I'm gonna be picking up a that Luigi's Mansion sequel uh, tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that actually. Um, but I actually like the first Luigi's Mansion. I thought it was a cute little game and everything. The supposedly this one's supposed to be real nice uh, on the 3DS. You know, takes advantage of it. Supposedly has some nice puzzle gameplay mixed in with the you know fun. So I'm looking for some good old fashioned Nintendo fun. I uh, my final thought of the day is I'm gonna work all day tomorrow. Try and get the podcast up. Try and maybe get a video review up since I have so many to do. And uh, yeah, and I'm actually gonna play through Walking Dead Survival Instinct again. Uh, it. I know it's getting a lot of bad press. It's not a great game, but um, it's actually becoming a little bit of a guilty pleasure. Uh, I will say that the game is horribly broken, and you can really um, do one thing over and over again, which I'll talk about in the video review, that makes it very, very easy. But I won't say that it's not fun. So, uh, yeah. I thought of one thing. Um, I'm going to be checking out the Defiance beta tomorrow, so... I'll probably write up a quick impressions on that. Oh, good. We'll have to compare notes. Yeah, please do, because I am actually really looking forward to hearing about that. That was a game I was, I've was i been looking forward to, to playing for a while. Yeah, I'll try I, and get that video review up first, actually, because that's that's going to be the shortest one. That way you can you can check it out as well, trial access. I, I like the cross-media thing, because it's been tried several times and hasn't really been super successful yet, so it'll be interesting to see if this one can take off. Absolutely. Well, it is that time we've reached the end of the show. As always, visiting GamersLedge.com is what keeps us covering the news and bringing you our insight on the gaming industry. Please interact with us. Follow us on iTunes. Please be excited for E3. Comment and leave feedback. Or email us at GamersLedge at gmail.com to ask questions, give us feedback, or make suggestions for what you'd like to see video reviews of next. Uh, As always, until next week, game on! Game on! Game on!